Recorded live at Toxin Tasting Studios, it's the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. Let's go. From the Talks and Tasting Studios, this is the Clerical Errors Podcast. The podcast that shows you what's behind the collar. This is Bullhagen. This is Burke. This is Vicker. Peter's here. Hey, Pete. And so here we are, ready to go. Another busy week. Yeah, uh, Franklin County Fair probably brings back some memories to you, uh, Berg. It does. It does. So, uh, Vicar, what is your first impression after your first day of the fair? Well, I really like it so far. The from my experience on the West Coast, you you paid to park your car, you paid to go through the gate, and then you paid for absolutely anything you stopped to do. And so I was happy that at the Franklin County Fair, you yeah. park for free and you get in for free. And then it's you kind of like look going at to the seminary. No. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so, so far, so good. It was fun. And there was very interesting things there. Oh, yes. Guess who's coming? 38 special. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> uh, how you doing, Berg? You doing good? Yeah, yeah. So, I have something to drink, actually. What do you have? This is a drink called Monkey Shoulder, and mm. it is a blended malt scotch whiskey. Um, it is supposed to have a mellow vanilla with spicy hints in the taste. And for the nose, it says zesty orange, vanilla, honey, and spiced oak. Ooh, dang. So do you know why it's called Monkey Shoulder? Um... I don't know. It's not going to get us canceled, is it? (laughs) (laughs) Well, it actually had to do with, um, you know, when they flip the grain, you know, as they're getting it to sprout Mm -hmm. uh, for the the distillation process, um, you'd have guys who would, you know, shovel this grain and flip it over, right? And Mm -hmm. because they did that every day, all day, um, their shoulders would actually become deformed. And the condition Mm -hmm. was called monkey shoulder. (laughs) No. Wow. So, Club should make you feel oh. kind of guilty drinking it. <laughs> <laughs> well, they all use machines now, so, you know. So, uh, Vicar, what am I preaching on? You are preaching on the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. Jesus said, Do not think that I have come to abolish the law or the prophets. I have not come to abolish them, but to fulfill them. For truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth pass away, Not an iota, not a dot, will pass from the law until all is accomplished. Therefore, whoever relaxes one of the least of these commandments and teaches others to do the same will be called least in the kingdom of heaven. But whoever does them and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. For I tell you, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the scribes and Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council. And whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First, 
be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put in prison. Truly, I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. I have a question, Berg. What do the, uh... Oh, I guess we never heard how that tasted. This is the, the problem with doing this uh, from a distance, is uh, only you get to enjoy that. That's true. I know. Living the dream. We're still we're still awaiting our whiskey samples, Berg. Yeah. We oh, got them we'll, I'll, we'll, we'll get them. We'll get them. So, our cola is doing great. Um, they are selling a new bottle of um, pecan. Uh, no free advertisement. We got to get the samples in first. We can talk about it later. <laughs> so, hmm. okay. So, what's your question? Uh, my question is, what do the uh, what did the antinomians say about a passage like this? I, I don't know. I mean, like the way they would probably say it is that, yeah, this is the Christian's life before conversion, right? Before you're justified. And it's true. But since Jesus has done the law for you, um, you know, now now doing the law is just something that you do, spon- you know, spontaneously. I mean, to be mm-hmm. charitable to them, you know, the way that they're going to argue some of these things is like, yeah, uh, you just do the law spontaneously. I mean, that's what our confessions say. Um, mm-hmm. But they also conveniently leave out some passages like this, right? That those who teach the law and do it are going to be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Right? Yeah. I mean, Vicar, we might have, by the way, we might have some people listening who don't know what an antinomian is. Ah, I mean, someone who doesn't believe in the third use of the law, basically. They don't believe that the law is useful for Christians after, after they've been saved. Um, that I think in a way they kind of equate a, the fulfilling of the law that Jesus said that he came to do. They they still kind of treat it as a synonym to abolishing the law. So he says he didn't come to abolish the law, but fulfill it. But they tend to think of it in terms of, well, he did that for us. And so therefore the law no longer applies to us. And and so they live a licentious lifestyle uh, as, if, as if sin kind of doesn't count, I guess might be the way I might say it. You know, some do, and I've seen that. Some, I think, are pious Christians. Um, I think what a lot of them are afraid of is something that Ehlert takes, Ehlert takes up in his book, um, where he says that the third use of the law wasn't taught by Luther and that, mm-hmm. um, you know, and that uh, uh, um, it's actually introduced into Lutheranism as a foreign doctrine from Calvinism, hmm. is what a lot of them will argue, right? Um, right. Well, the Book of Concord doesn't say that. The Book of Concord uh, teaches uh, the third use of the law, um, that it is not only for mortification, but it's also a guide for Christians because in this life we are still ignorant. Uh, in this life uh, we still don't know uh, the will of God perfectly. Um, and the third use of the law also keeps us from self-chosen works, hmm. the works that the papists fell into, like right. monasticism or... Um, eating particular meats on particular days or uh, going on pilgrimages or that kind of stuff, right? Right. The law, the law keeps us from all of that. 
And I mean, if you read the Bible, uh, the inward man delights in the law of God. Hmm. Um, that's what Romans 7 is all about. And even when we feel sin in our bodies, um, we are no longer identified with that sin, right? It's the sin that dwells in me. Um, and when I see this sin acting up in my body and I say that that sin is wrong, I'm actually agreeing with the law, right? That's, mm, that's right, what Paul right. says. Um, right. I serve the law with my mind, as he says. Do, do you um, know what I think part, part of it is, too, is um, we get sometimes with our systematic theology, we can get so stuck into categories that we forget the practical nature of some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is we could fall, okay, this are these three uses of the law. Really, if you're using God's law as a mirror, for example, uh, you are also considering in that process, well, I kind of want to do better. I'm being instructed in the law. And it doesn't necessarily fit that narrow category for each. Part of the, the uh, drowning the old Adam is to, is to consider your sins uh, and how Christ has washed them away, but also recognizing that that sin is bad and addressing it. So sometimes I wonder sometimes when you get into, people get into these super nuanced discussions about the various uh, kinds of law, it makes me wonder, are they actually doing it? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, you know, and there's this is why there's a great book out there for um, that really everyone can get. It uh, was translated, and it's on uh, lutheranbooks.com, I believe it is. And uh, it's called Only the Law is Eternal. Uh, and it is actually the disputations that they had about this very question. Mm. What is the use of the law in the life of the Christian? And it's actually very easy to read, uh, very straightforward. Um, so if you, you know, if our listeners want to know more about this whole discussion, um, I, I guess I, that's where I would go. And I would look at, okay, how did Luther and the Reformers deal with this reality, right? Mm-hmm. So. But getting getting back to the text then, um, it's, it's interesting when you, uh, if you hear, for example, someone who's kind of an Orthodox Jew in his faith, right? Mm-hmm. What, what uh, he'll say is uh, there's always a disconnect in the way we talk about the law. I've heard, I heard someone recently say, well, they they feel like they're always talking past each other because he goes, as a Jew, I don't we don't really care where your, your heart is. Are are you doing what God said or not? Mm-hmm. Um, and they have no concept of what actually Jesus is is saying here. Uh, and he says it more forcefully, actually. Uh, when it later on, as if you were to read on in Matthew, where he talks about marriage and divorce and all sorts of things, where the heart actually does matter. Or just go back to the prophet Isaiah. Right. Right. Isaiah starts preaching during the reign of uh, King Josiah. There's been a great reformation in the land, right? All the idols mm-hmm. are gone. Uh, temple worship has been reinstituted. I mean, they're doing everything according to the letter of the law. And yet, these people draw near to me uh, with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Really, I'd say the whole book of Isaiah and pretty much the whole book of Jeremiah is, it's not so much against the worship of false gods. It's against this formalism. 
Well, we think we can make God happy by simply checking off the boxes. Right. And it's not true. Um, and both prophets castigate this way of thinking, right? I, Jeremiah says, you say, the temple, the temple, the temple. Well, God's going to make this place like Shiloh. Oof. <laughs> right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's that's tough stuff, right? Mm -hmm. And so even the Old Testament, which the Jews read, right, um, you know, talks about, look, you can't simply be circumcised in body. You need to be circumcised, as Moses says, in your lips and in your heart. And that right. means that the heart has to uh, be the foundation for everything that we do. And that that can only happen through the gospel. Exactly, right? Yeah. So yeah, um, there's some really neat stuff in this text. Um, one of the things in this text uh, that's a good doctrine or teaching uh, point is that there is a difference between sin and crime. All sins damn, but not all sins are the same in their effects. Mm. Right. Right? Uh, if you murder, you are liable to judgment. If you slander somebody, right, or basically commit libel against them, uh, you are liable to the council, right? We see that today, right? Um, our civil courts have authority to punish crimes, right? Right. But we're, Jesus, we're, but but Jesus running, says, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. But we're running into a time where now we're also, the, 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 the courts are trying to uh, also then include what the heart feels about certain issues and, yeah. and adjudicate that as well. Right. And this is a great way to teach the difference between sin and crime, right? What do the civil courts punish? They punish crimes. They punish actions, right? Mm -hmm. They can't punish what you believe. And this is a beautiful thing that Lutherans have always believed, right? We can't force anyone to believe. Right. We can't legislate belief. What we can do is stop you from blaspheming the true God. What we can do is uh, keep you from putting satanic pornography on our walls. What we can do is uh, keep you from teaching false doctrine. And that's what the civil magistrates did in Germany. It's like, oh, you're an Anabaptist? Well, yeah, go to church, you know, hear the sermon. You can believe what you want. But the minute you start preaching against infant baptism, you're going to jail. Right? Um, you know, and that's a good thing. There should be blasphemy laws. There should be laws against crime. However, what the civil courts cannot do is judge the heart. Right? Mm -hmm. Who judges the heart? God judges the heart. Right? So if you're angry with your brother in your heart, um, you're going to go to hell. Even if no one else knows it, God knows it. He searches the heart. Um, if you say you fool, yeah, does that hurt anybody physically? No. No, but you're still going to hell, right? That's the thing is uh, there's this, there is this distinction between actions and words and what the heart believes, right? And mm. the civil courts can punish words and they can punish actions. The civil courts cannot punish the heart. 
And that's why I love it because people bring up closed communion all the time, right? Well, mm -hmm. you can't judge people's hearts. And it's like, yeah, we agree. We can't judge people's hearts. What can we do? Judge their words. Judge their words. What do they believe? Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, so that whole argument doesn't hold any water whatsoever, right? So that's a good teaching point to be brought out here, right? What is given to the civil courts? The civil courts are to punish crime, right? Mm -hmm. uh, what is the duty of the church? Well, uh, we also can't see into the heart, um, but we actually want to get to the heart, right? Right. We want to get to the heart of the matter. Um, and to convince people, too, that, no, what you are feeling, what you're thinking, that, too, is sin, and it needs to be repented of. And even the desire. Right. I'm thinking I'm thinking of a song, Vicar. Yeah, I think I know which one. <laughs> Concupiscence. Concupiscence. <laughs> That's the one. <laughs> um, another thing another thing that this teaches too is uh, before you give your offering right what mm -hmm. makes God happy a contrite is it, heart faith. yeah is it the money you give no God actually says if you're giving money right at the altar and you are at odds with your brother what should you do go be reconciled right right I mean what does God love he loves reconciliation. And so this is all against formalism, right? This is all against the pharisaical uh, tendency to equate, um, you know, deeds and words um, with an actual righteousness, that we can actually earn this righteousness before God. Right. If we can just, you know, check off the boxes, um, it doesn't matter how we really feel on the inside. Well, we did it, right? And that's what really makes me a hero, right? right. Well, which, no. is, which is why why Jesus constantly talks about being born again, a new creation, which is why when we talk about the third commandment, the third use of the law, it is that by which we can and desire, you know, Jesus died for my sins because I have broken the law because it is good to keep the law and we haven't kept it. Right. So, and so, and then the, the last point that I think can be brought out too is uh, reproof against our well-meaning but erring Roman Catholic friends who say that, um, you know, they used to say that this verse was actually talking about purgatory, right? Hmm. Getting out until you paid the last penny. Right. Right. It's like, that's not what Jesus means, <laughs> right? What is, what is the prison? Hell, right? And can someone in prison make money? No. no. Right? And so that, I think that's a good reproof that, look, there's no way out of this, right? This is the consequence of these kind of actions. And so reconcile with your brother, before you get to this point, right? Mm -hmm. there, and there's also a, an aspect, I think, if we're talking about kind of modern applications to modern thought, is the fact that how often do we hear, well, Jesus fulfilled the law, Jesus fulfilled the law, and all these social issues, it, you know, it doesn't matter hmm. when it comes to things like marriage and and that kind of thing. That, uh, as, you know, Jesus didn't came to fulfill it. He didn't come to abolish it. 
Yeah, and I, that's where I think people have still made it a synonym. Even you know they they he says he didn't come to abolish it, but they treat the fulfillment as if it still somehow abolished it. I I've run into that. Right. I mean, you know, and there are so many families that we know who are at odds with one another, right? And that's mm-hmm. families. I mean, these are people who are blood relations who are at odds with one another. It's like, well, what does Jesus say? Reconcile, right? Right. And the only way that that's possible, the only way that recon- true reconciliation is possible, the only way that we can truly distinguish between the civil realm and the eternal righteousness of the heart, the only way that you know we can do these things Right, actually teach the law, establish the law, maintain the law, confirm the law, and be called great in the kingdom of heaven is if we first have faith. And that's why Jesus says, unless your righteousness exceeds that of the Pharisees and the scribes, you shall never enter the kingdom of heaven. Right. Right. I mean, that's the only way that we even begin to partially fulfill the law of God. Right. That's the only way that we can distinguish between um, the sins of the heart, which God alone knows, and these other sins, right? Mm. Um, yeah. It is it is the gospel and the Holy Spirit who makes us theologians. And this is true of every Christian. Um, so, uh, you know, if we want to be these things, and we should actually strive to be these things, right? As a yeah. Christian, we should want to reconcile uh, with people who... Uh, have done us wrong, right? We should actually want to uh, teach the law and teach it well and be called great right. in the kingdom of heaven. But uh, isn't isn't one of the biggest rubs that people don't understand a lot of times is the fact that, you know, the Ten Commandments actually teach us how to love. Hmm. Right. <laughs> That's sometimes, oh, really? <laughs> well, it's like Paul says, right? Um, the commandment, which ought to give life, brought death to me, right? And mm-hmm. that's the thing. The the law is a life word. It's the only reason this we still endure as the human race is because, you know, like it or not, despite how sinful people are, um, they have laws against stealing. They have laws protecting family. They have, you know, I mean, every nation on earth has this. Why? Because if we truly didn't have the law written on our hearts, we'd all be dead. It'd be worse than Mad Max. <laughs> right. right? It wouldn't even be Thunderdome. It'd be like, I don't know. We would all be... Uh... Necrodome. How about that? <laughs> right. I like it. I'm going to name so, the band that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this is the thing. You know, the reason why people don't understand the difference between the civil courts, and the heart um, is because they don't know the gospel. The gospel makes this very easy, actually, right? Right. So, and Jesus teaches us all these things today, right? And, I mean, we can preach about the Eighth Commandment. We can preach about all these sort of things, right? Um, And I think it would be okay to, you know, even though it, it cuts short, uh, the text you could it'd be you could bring up the other things that Jesus brings up in Matthew five following this as well. I mean, it's you know right, absolutely. I mean, yeah, there's so much to bring in here. Um, 
And that's the thing. Uh, when Jesus talks about sinners, he's not just talking about Nazis. <laughs> right? Because those are like the only group of people that aren't going to heaven. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, right? That's the way people yeah. think, right? Right, it is. And yet, there was a Missouri Senate pastor who did what? He met with these people. He met with the people on the Nuremberg trials. He met with these men who were condemned to death, and he actually ended up absolving and communing some of them. So yes, there are Nazis in heaven. And the world hates it. This dude got death threats. Wow. Right? Yeah. So that's the thing, is um, we tend to mistake crime with sin. Or we limit sin to crime, and it's like that's that's not true. Um, it's kind of like and, that. And, uh, uh, and part of crime too is the fact that uh, uh, in crime, what matters most is whether you get caught or not. <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it there's, is a, there's no the when it comes to the heart, there's no reeling out of that. I mean, if we are going back to our little images of the law, right, as a curb, I mean, crime is hopping the curb. Yeah. Right. Right. It's hopping the curb. Um, and yet it seems like, I mean, there are tons of serial killers who have repented and become Christians and been saved hmm. like Ted Bundy, right? I mean, son of Sam, it's amazing. Like these guys are going to be in heaven, which is awesome. Thanks be yes. to God. Right. And a lot of our little middle-class bourgeois people are going to hell. Why? Because their righteousness didn't exceed that of the Pharisees and the scribes. <laughs> because they still live under the law, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, that's, I, that's important, right? I mean, so anyway, I don't know. All right, well, Did I give a good, uh, a good enough sermon? Yeah, we got, we got enough. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we might have to put a, a real talk behind that. Whoa. <laughs> so uh, before Vicar, Vicar's got to go because he's got a rodeo to go to. I am going to go he's, to the rodeo. He's trying to get the whole Franklin County experience here. Right. So he has got to go to the rodeo. He's never been to one. I have not. I've not been to a rodeo yet. Well, I don't know if you can really go to a rodeo unless, you know, you go to Wyoming. <laughs> well, I was near Pendleton, Oregon, but I never went to that one either. But that's a pretty famous rodeo up there. But so I was only there in should... the off season. Maybe we should move uh, clerical errors to the uh, the daddy of them all, the uh, Frontier Days in Cheyenne, Wyoming, the hmm. oldest rodeo uh, in the United States. Oh, so before we get to that, I have before we get to what Peter has, I just I have to get this off on my mind. Um, uh, last time we had a synod convention, we actually had live we had reports from it. Oh, right. But uh, I'm not going this year. And Berg, I don't think is going. Are you going? <laughs> and Vicar's not going. I'm not. So uh, we need, uh, if you're listening to this and you're going, uh, we need to send, uh, get some reports back from the Clerical Heirs Army about uh, updates and what's going on so that we can put that in our podcast. And especially so we, what you're eating and drinking. And you get extra points if it's cheese curds and, uh, you know, what is it, Mil Mil Old Milwaukee? Yeah. What's well, Wisconsin? <laughs> you, know? you get some new Glarus, I suppose. There you mm. go. So uh, I think the the biggest deal would be it'd be really cool if we had more than one, maybe two updates. 
<laughs> yes, exactly. I, I got two or three in there <laughs> when I went. We, I even did interviews. You know, I if there's enough interviews, if there's enough That's that come true. in, we could even entitle it uh, "Convention Errors." Ooh. Yeah. So, so you could if you, type type it. You can record something on your cell phone and send it. Uh, uh, Vicar, uh, where could they send it to? If you have an update for us, please send it by email to feedback at clericalerrors.org. We can also be reached on Facebook by searching for Clerical Errors Podcast. And we have a Twitter handle, at Clerical Errors P. P for podcast, bro. And we got a Patreon and a store, so please reach out to us if you have an yes, update. Uh, and if uh, you are worried about compensation, uh, just give us an email. We'll work that out. <laughs> yes, we so will work that out. Right. So, uh, please, applicants, if you'd like, uh, please let us know if you're going and uh, what you'd be willing to do for us. We and need, we'll give we you a shout, out, a shout out and everything. It'll be awesome. Oh, yeah. If it's good, maybe we'll uh, promise a, a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you won't get it, but we will promise that we will give you one. For Pretty sure. sure we'll promise it. All right, well, I am out. I'm on my way to the rodeo. All right. Peace out, Vicar. Vicar does not know what he's about to miss. Okay. All right, Peter, what do you got? All right. Uh, I have a few audio files for you guys to listen to. Okay. All right. So I uh, I was bored on uh, Saturday, and I learned how to train my own AI. Okay. okay. So I spent some time, and I trained an AI. Basically, what you do is you feed it a bunch of source audio, and uh, you tell it to copy somebody's voice and change it into somebody else's. Well, as the producer of the Clerical Ears podcast, I have quite a bit of raw audio of some individuals. Certainly. Uh, so I have created an AI that replaces the voice of some stuff with Bullhagen's voice. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Okay, that's so, awesome. So here's an example. Remember last week we were talking about Independence Day for a second there? Right, yep. Yeah, yeah. Major. Sir. Good morning. Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. <laughs> mankind, that word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interest. Perhaps it's fate that today is the 4th of July. <laughs> And you will once again be fighting for our freedom. Not from tyranny, oppression, or persecution. <laughs> but from annihilation. We're fighting for our right to live. <laughs> to exist. And should we win the day, the 4th of July will no longer be known as an American holiday. But as the day when the world declared in one voice, we will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. 
We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. Nice. USA. So, so what do you think of my um, the quality of that one? Wasn't that that was incredible? That was awesome. Like, if they just played that at the convention, I think they would all become Lutheran. All right, can we compare that? Can you? Uh, can I find the words of that text? I didn't see who who does it better, AI or me. The words of that text. The speech. What do you mean? The speech. Oh, you're gonna read the speech? Yeah. I mean, uh, so because it's copying the pronunciation, right? So you could tell there's a there are a few a couple parts in there that kind of didn't sound right, but that's because the the original actor has more of an accent than you do. Okay. Um, but the great news about this AI, uh, while you while you get that up and running, is uh, it doesn't just talk. It'll sing for you. Really. Hello, <laughs> it's me. I was wondering if after all these years you'd like to be to go over everything. They say the time's supposed to heal ya, but I ain't done much eating. Hello. So I could skip forward a little bit. Oh. The thing about the AI is, right, it, it copies everything exactly as well as it possibly can. It does glitch sometimes. So like, so, uh, so we're obsolete now. Like, Peter could just do this whole thing, like, by himself. This is actually a great, a great news for me because if there's a transition that I need now, I can just record myself saying it, put it through the AI, and it sounds like Bullhagen said it. <laughs> <laughs> if if for some reason I have to cut out a large amount and there's no way to get from one part to the other, I can just record it myself, and nobody will ever know. So, listeners, <laughs> you're always going to be wondering how much of this is AI and how much of it is real. So, I'm actually, as we speak, training an AI of myself. It's wow. almost done. Uh, it takes about, like, an hour to an hour and a half um, of actually, like, just chugging through data on my computer. Because it's all local. I'm not using any kind of cloud service or anything. I don't know. It's kind of scary, to be honest. Right? And it's so easy. It takes some some computing computing power, but once it's done, I can generate stuff within a minute, as long as I'm wow. feeding it audio. It's really cool. Uh, <laughs> All right, I, I, I'm gonna play. I'm gonna play one more for you. Okay. This one I'm going to blank out. Okay, because this is going on our Patreon. Okay. Ooh. This last one I'm gonna play for you is going on our Patreon, and you have to be a patron to hear it. Oh, and there's and there's a good reason for that. Okay, you guys ready? Ready, ready. Okay, yes, that's 
Awesome. Are you sure that yeah. wasn't me? That was, it sounded so, okay. Um, we're not going to say what it was. You have to go to the Patreon and subscribe to the Patreon to, to hear that. So we're not going to say what it was. But I did originally when we started the Patreon. To test the have microphone. You, have you try and record this? And I can't find the original audio. Oh. So oh, I, I, I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna look a little harder. But I actually had Bullhagen try to record this, and he couldn't do it well enough, so we never released it. But now I have the AI to do it for me, <laughs> so I can finally put it on the Patreon. Oh, well, I, I just have one thing to say to you, Peter. What's that? Good morning. In less than an hour, aircraft from here will join others from around the world. And you will be launching the largest aerial battle in the history of mankind. Mankind. That word should have new meaning for all of us today. We can't be consumed by our petty differences anymore. We will be united in our common interests. Perhaps it's, perhaps it's fate. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> no, there was, funny... there was a lot of pathos in that. I, I appreciate it. We will not go quietly into the night. We will not vanish without a fight. We're going to live on. We're going to survive. Today, we celebrate our Independence Day. (laughs) Yeah, so that's what I have been up to. Uh, I've been, Bullhick, and I've been sharing this with your your children and told them, I swore them to secrecy. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The uh, the president's speech got a pretty good laugh. Uh, the hello, Grace just sent me, no, 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 why? <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. All right. And Vicar missed it. Vicar missed it. Well, it sounds I also like... Have, I also have white and nerdy, but it didn't turn out as well. <laughs> so, listener, if you have suggestions of oh. what I can put bullhagen's voice onto i want i want to be very clear and i'm saying this live and i'm saying this in front of bullhagen and everything i am very ethical when it comes to ai use i will not make bullhagen say things that he would not want his voice to say i actually had people telling me i want to hear him rap eminem and i'm like i i can't do that one unfortunately <laughs> like who is they like it's just like <laughs> <laughs> oh i everybody in your life besides your wife has heard this Oh, wow. <laughs> oh, this so, is uh, so awesome. So, uh, Bert, give, some, uh, give us some theological points about this. <laughs> that uh, I, I don't know, man. Like, this is super scary because, like, I'm just thinking about, like, when I call into uh, my internet provider or anything, you know, and they you know, they want like these security codes and everything else. And it'd be so easy to like go around that now, you know? So Peter, I have a question. Could you uh, make uh, the actor who did Independence Day speech, can you make him do one of my sermons? (laughs) (laughs) That is, I'm not going to say it's not a possibility, but it's tough. (laughs) Okay. Because I have to, one of the reasons I started with your voice is because I had raw recordings of your voice. Right. 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 It has to be just your voice. So maybe if I shoved the entire movie in for like all the parts that he's talking uh, and then ran that through the music eraser, 
maybe I could get enough data, but it's it's really tough. That's the hardest part of the AI stuff is getting enough raw data. Um, Bullhagen, you don't want him in reading your sermons anyway. I mean, that's true. John Candy, on the other hand, oh, or Jim or Jim Belushi. There you go. Or Bill Murray. Now that would Pacino. be awesome. Pacino would be awesome, man. Mm. Stallone. I, I was actually watching would be a cool. little bit, a little bit of the, um, a few good men with uh, Jack Nicholson. Yeah, Jack Nicholson would be awesome. Hm. All right, so I, I want to start a new segment now. Oh, all right. Uh, this is uh, I want to uh, I'm going to challenge Berg here uh, to fix Joel Osteen tweets. <laughs> what? Uh, I, I'm going to get a Joel Osteen tweet and I'm going to ask uh, Berg to fix them for us. Are you sure <laughs> this isn't AI? <laughs> Man, can you tell we didn't have much content planned for this episode? <laughs> what, what's Joe Olstein's uh, uh, Twitter handle? Is uh, he at Real Joe or something? Like, well, it's got a blue check mark. I didn't realize they were still doing that. Yeah, I think they can. You can. You can just pay for it now. Is the problem? Okay. Uh, All right. Wh- what's his at? <laughs> uh, it's just Joe Olstein. Oh, it's just at Joe Olstein. Yeah. All right. Well. Fair, fair play. All right. So you are you picking ones at random, or you have ones? That uh, I'm picking pretty much at random because they're all they're all gold. What? I was just heavy metal music playing. Yeah, scrolling through Facebook, and uh, <laughs> this I'm so is what... glad Berg, you're very much invested in what's going on in this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm listening. I I have enough brain power to do both. Wow. Yeah, f- Fair, fair. Okay. I think uh, right, my, my ADHD is, is uh, starting to rub off on you, Berg. Dude, having a more flexible schedule, I get so I, much done. It's crazy. Right. Right. I get to yeah. the church by like 6.30. Boom. I got my sermon done on Monday. It was awesome. <laughs> I keep forgetting that you're you, you're in a actual parish again. <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? It's awesome. <laughs> It's like, oh yeah, he does actually have to preach this Sunday, That's right? Yeah. I mean, and I'm even on a completely different text text than you guys. You know, I'm yeah. on the I'm on the three years. So, well, you gotta you gotta get that changed over for the podcast. <laughs> I know, but yeah, I love go, talking go, about talk to your elders and say, well, I've been doing this podcast, and <laughs> well, first I get them listening, and then there you go. It's all part of a master plan. Anyway, you, you talked about ADHD. We're getting derailed. Let's listen to your first Joel Osteen tweet that we're going to fix. Yes. Uh, all right. Berg, fix this tweet. All right? All right. Uh, uh, this was his most recent tweet. Uh, underneath those ashes, an ember is still alive. All you have to do is stir it up. Stir up your passion. Stir up your dreams. Stir up your creativity. Stir up your gifts. What do you think, Berg? <laughs> well, he's using the imagery from Isaiah, right? A smoldering wick he will not snuff out, right? Which is a right. very comforting thing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but we don't stir ourselves up. We don't. 
ignite the flame, right? We don't feed the fire because a fire doesn't feed itself. Unless it's a, fo a forest fire, and that's right. El Bado. When was the last time you said in a sermon, stir up your passion? <laughs> um, never, because, like, passion is bad in the Bible. Stir up right? your dreams. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, have you guys heard about this lucid dreaming stuff? I guess you can actually control your dreams when you're in this state, but I've never been able to. I hate dreaming because you can't control it, right? Well, that's that's the whole thing, right? You can you can train yourself to lucid dream, um, but it's a lot of work, and I guess it depends on your your decision of if if it's worth it or not. I'm with you, Brick. I hate dreaming personally. It's the worst. Um, but some people really like it, and if you can get to the point where you can lucid dream and control your dreams and you can just do whatever you want then well we're talking about burnt those. dreams did i tell you what your mother did producer maybe What'd i said on the podcast where like uh she screams in a dream like kicks screams and i think she's being attacked by a legion of demons or something so i wake her up it's my thing okay you know everything's okay you're just dreaming oh okay and I asked her what you were dreaming about. There was a spider. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, are you four? <laughs> <laughs> a spider. My wife's the same way. Yeah. All right. So that way you'd be safely saying, so uh, uh, maybe make it about repentance. Deny yourself. <laughs> yeah. That... Despite the ashes and despite the broken dreams, um, God will not snuff out the smoldering wick in your heart. It's still, right. it's still stupid, but you know, <laughs> all right, it's better. <laughs> uh, this is from a, a day ago. Are you in yesterday upset over the disappointment, bitter over who hurt you? Think about what they said. You're missing the beauty of this moment. Once we live this day, we can't get it back. Don't take it for granted. Take, don't take for granted all the good things in your life right now. You know, I'm not sure that's a bad sentiment. No, that's one isn't I, quite so bad. I mean, I, it's not. You know, I think it's good earthly advice. You right, know. it'll be good in a fortune cookie. Well, and uh, there's actually a Danish theologian that I've been... Uh, kind of uh, looking at since I listened to the Art of Manliness podcast about the uh, the uh, basically the theology of Red Dead Redemption Two, the video game. Yeah, I That's know. Awesome. Yeah, yeah. Peter is uh, <laughs> super super happy about that. So, which is awesome. Um, and uh, this Danish theologian he talks about things like kindness and self sacrifice and the like as sovereign expressions of life. And I love that phrase, um, sovereign, that we're kings, right? Because only sovereigns can give in abundance, right? Right. Um, and they're expressions of life. They're expressions of the life that we have in Christ. And it's true. It's like if you're holding a grudge and holding on to these things, like you're acting like you're a slave, like you don't get anything, like you don't have 
like you don't believe what Paul says, that everything is yours, the past, the future, all things, right? And mm -hmm. that's why it's like, yeah, every day is a wonderful gift. Every day is a new day. Um, we don't have to bring in the stuff from yesterday uh, because we are sovereigns. We are kings and priests through Christ, right? Mm -hmm. um, and that's how you can live that kind of way, right? You can live right. that way because Christ has made you a king and a priest because your life is hidden in him, right? And no one can take it from you. And the fact that uh, uh, the fact that he opens by the gospel give us the opportunity to, to love, right? Which we wouldn't have without him. That's where, like, the gospel affirms and confirms the first article gifts. You know, God causes His rain to, you know, to fall on the just and the unjust. He causes His sun to shine uh, on the righteous and on the wicked. Thanks be to God. So, like. Go outside, play with your kids, enjoy life, because I can tell you what, the crap that you're dealing with today, you're not even going to remember in a week. There you go. So, you found agreement? It is necessary, <laughs> but not sufficient. How about that? Okay. So All what right. you say is you agree. No, that is not what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, you've probably run my voice through the AI thing, and you're going to make me say I agree. Yeah, what you're going to say is, here, I'll use my voice here. <clears throat> yes, that's right. I unequivocally agree with everything that he said in that tweet. Yes, that's right. I unequivocally agree with everything that he said in that tweet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see if that works. I'll put oh, it in. boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. You ready for another tweet? Let's do it. All right. Psalm 125 says, God will be good to those who are in tune with him. Notice, you can be in tune with God. Or you can be out of tune. The way you get in tune is by thinking victorious, overcoming faith-filled thoughts. Okay, this this has to be this has to be an open AI thing, right? There's no way a human said that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm trying uh, to even process what is being said there. So he he says Psalm 25 says God will be good to those who are in tune with him. Okay. Um and you are in tune with him through victorious thoughts. And faith-filled... Overcoming and faith-filled thoughts. Overcoming and faith-filled thoughts. It's so weird. Um, it's such a weird way to say it. I'm trying to see what how he is using, because I doubt that uh, the Bible actually said in tune because they didn't have radios back then. That's a weird way to say it. Um, You'd think at least it'd be, like, aligned aligned with God what's what's the what's the psalm I can look it up too uh those who trust in the Lord are like, like Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abides forever as the mountains surround Jerusalem so the Lord surrounds his people from this time forth and forevermore for the scepter of wickedness shall not rest and the land allotted to the righteous lest the righteous stretch out their hands to do wrong 
Do good, O Lord, to those who are good, and to those who are upright in their hearts. But those who are who turn aside to their crooked ways, the Lord will lead away with evildoers. Peace be upon Israel. So that came from like the message. Yeah. One of the rewrites. So it's a terrible translation. But what was what was the actual psalm on that? I can try and find the actual That was Psalm one twenty five. I just read the entire psalm, so You know, even though his translation is wrong, and I know he means different things by victorious and faith-filled thoughts and overcoming, you know, he means different things by that. And I think that's the thing, right? It's kind of like, this is why he's a sneaky guy, right? He's kind of like the Roman Catholics where he's like, well, you know, faith, yeah, faith. But we mean something different by faith than you, right? Right. It's all in it's all in the definitions. If what he means by victorious is I can do anything through Christ. No, that's fanaticism. That's not right. faith. Right? Um if by faith feel filled thoughts, it's like, oh well, I'm just, you know. Da 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 I'm gonna do this, right? And he, he takes the black and white of Psalm one twenty five and makes it gray. There's a difference between righteousness and and uh, being in tune and out of tune. Right. And, like, it, that's why it's so subtle and so sneaky, right? Because you can read a good thing into this, right? That, well, what is vic- victory for us? It's our faith, right? Faith overcomes the world. And I think sometimes Lutherans, like, pretend like God doesn't actually exist. Or that God lost, or that he hasn't won when he has, right? But what is that victory? Is it being a billionaire? Is it wearing a nice suit? Is it, you know, living in Texas like him? No, it's none of those things, right? The sort of victory that we have is a muddy, dirty, tired, crippled victory this is the victory that jacob had when walking away from peniel after he'd wrestled with god right Mm -hmm. um i completely agree we should as christians have victorious thoughts we should have faith-filled thoughts um but we uh, should have over our victory is like in the cross (laughs) our victory is in the cross our victory is in our faith our victory is in uh Oftentimes in suffering. and How about being poor in spirit? <laughs> poor in spirit, uh, the meek, um, all those qualities that, you know, Americans hate. I, I just... I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm looking through all these translations. Almost every translation... I mean, some of them are not good translations, but all of them are way more stronger language than in tune. Yeah, all of them are. Even like even even the wishy washy ones are pretty, pretty solid, pretty dead on. Like, which is why uh, Joel Osteen. The weakest is a, one I've found is wh- whose hearts are right with the Lord. But even that is right. Life yeah. and death, <laughs> or pure of heart. That one's good because who are the pure in heart? 
Those who are pure by faith, right? All right, I, I got one more. Mm. Uh, uh, we get stuck in the heartache, the disappointment, the guilt, the shame. I should have done better. What was wrong with me? He quotes. God knows we're human. Quit being so hard on yourself. Your mistake didn't stop what God has planned for your life. <laughs> All right, fix it. <laughs> well, what did Jesus say, right? Anyone who relaxes one of these commandments is least in the kingdom of heaven. Don't be so hard on yourself. No, like God's law is hard on you. See, right. this is this this is this soft le you know, I had a professor who would always say that under every antinomian, if you scratch him, you're going to find a legalist. And that's exactly right. Joel Osteen is a legalist, right? He is. He will do runarounds on the law of God. He will weaken the law of God. He will do a bunch of things, right, to make it so that way you can fulfill it. Right, um, and, the, and the law is... Well, you're you're having uh, negative thoughts, or right. you're ha you're having depression, or <laughs> or your bank account is isn't as full as you'd like it to be. Right. So, I mean, the thing is, is yeah, you should be hard on yourself. Jesus, through Paul, says, if we would judge ourselves, we would not be judged. Right. Mm -hmm. But if we are judged by the Lord, we will not be condemned by the world, right? Right. And that's, of course, about communion in 1 Corinthians 11, right? And he's conf he's confusing, don't be so hard on yourself with forgiveness. Right. That's that's not forgiveness. And they're not the same thing, right? Right. Um, he's still viewing the law as something that can be fulfilled, as opposed to something that uh, demands and yet is never fulfilled. Right. Except by faith. So. Well, we have covered a lot of things today, haven't we? <laughs> We're the best. Yeah, I think it's time. Yeah. Well, hopefully it's been a very eclectic show. <laughs> and uh, we'll be on uh, again next week. Uh, thank you for... Uh, joining us for this rodeo of a podcast. I'm Bullhagen. <laughs> I'm Berg. May your AIs love Independence Day. Thank you for joining us. This podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. Questions, thoughts, concerns? You can contact us on Facebook at facebook.com slash podcast. On Twitter, at P for podcast, or email us at feedback at clericalheirs.org. Thanks for listening to Clerical Heirs. See you next time.